welcome to the Fertility Conversations podcast. The goal of this podcast is to create more awareness about infertility and to provide support to people trying to conceive. Thank you for listening today, and we hope you will be encouraged. And now, here is your host, Ola. Welcome, everyone. Today, I'm joined by an amazing woman, Abby, who joins us from the UK and will be sharing her fertility journey with us today. Her details would also be in the show notes. So welcome, Abby, and thank you for joining us today. Hi, Ola. Thank you so much for inviting me here to speak with you and to share and hopefully encourage um, the listeners today. Thank you. Thank you. Yay. So to start off, we always ask for you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Um, well, I am an optometrist. I um, So that's what I study. That's my profession. But alongside that, I, um, um, I also own a business called Omomi, which basically means my child in um, Yoruba. I, um, yeah, I started that business in 2016. So even before I had my own um, child, um, yeah, it's a lifestyle clothing brand, which, yeah, I, I love. I am a wife and a very proud mother. And, yeah, I love God. I think God's amazing. I think, yeah. God's yes, he is. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. And how did you meet your spouse? Tell us, please. Well, we met on a night out, to be fair. <laughs> we were out in London and, yeah, he came up to me and we started talking. Um, but apparently we had met prior to that time. So I guess it wasn't our first talk, but it was our first official kind of like, yeah, can I have your number kind of thing? Mm. And, yeah, I'd say the rest is history after that. It is. Honey, here you are. <laughs> <laughs> almost six years in <laughs> wow that's wonderful uh, of course today we are speaking about fertility uh, and your journey to becoming a mom can you please share some of that with us okay do you want the long version or the short version Whichever. <laughs> <laughs> okay so i will try and keep it concise as possible and I, I know Ola did say that she will put some of the things and um, my details at the bottom. So hopefully if you want a little bit more detail, then you can listen on YouTube. Um, yeah, if you want to. Um, so in 2015, I got married. Um, this was May 2015. And yeah, it was, it was wonderful, beautiful wedding. Great, you know big Nigerian wedding and um yeah life was life was good and then in June um basically my my um period comes like pretty much clockwork it, monthly it's there you know 28 to 29 30 days it, it's there um so in June didn't come didn't really think much of it um then I think a few days of it being a bit late I started seeing a bit of like spotting and I thought oh, that's a bit weird and then thought, this doesn't seem like me and I don't know why I didn't think pregnancy straight away I thought it just didn't come to my mind I just thought oh that's just just probably a bit late so after a few days I was like I think I should just you know take a test just in case wasn't expecting anything of it and um lo and behold it was positive I was like what how come? What? That's so quick. And sometimes I think to myself, Abby, why did you have that initial thought of, <laughs> oh no, why? You know, I've only been married a month, but I thought, yeah, I think when you, when you're in the moment, you kind of think, wow, that, that's, that's quick. And so um, I then thought, but why, if I'm, if I'm pregnant, why am I spotting? And then, so I went and saw my GP and my GP was like, um, yeah, that can be quite normal, but um, I think it's good for you to go to the early pregnancy unit. So went to the EPU and they scanned me and they were like, mm, can't really see very much. Maybe it's just really early on, but we'll take your bloods anyway. And so we'll measure your HCG level. And um, so they did. And I went on my merry way, went shopping, was enjoying myself in central London with my friend. And mm -hmm. then I get a phone call 
and I was like, hi, and they were like, oh, it's it's the EPU, and I was like, oh, hi, um, it's the nurse that saw you earlier, um, we're going to need you to come back in tomorrow, Do you, is that going to be okay? So I'm like, oh, why, what's wrong? They're like, oh, because um, the scan that we took, the nurse couldn't see very much, and she ought to with your levels of um, pregnancy hormone level in your blood. And I said, okay, no problem, didn't think anything of it again, went back the next day, um, and then they scanned, kept scanning. I was like, why is it taking so long? Like, then they brought someone else, a senior mm. in. And then they were like, there was like a silence that I just mm. I didn't understand. I was just like, you know, I, I, it was just all very new to me. And so I yeah. said, um, what's wrong? And they were like, nothing, just, you know, just relax, da, 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 carried on. Then a doctor comes and then obviously that is the one that will give the final word. And then they were like, we're really, really sorry. Um, both myself and my husband were there and they were like, really, really sorry. I said, sorry for, for what, what's wrong? And they were like, um, you're having an ectopic pregnancy. I said, oh, what's that? I, I, I didn't have a clue what it, what it was. And I think that's where um, knowledge and we as women also need to up our knowledge in certain things. I'd heard of miscarriage, but I'd never, for the life of me, heard of ectopic until that very day. I might have heard it, but it just did, it was so far removed from me. I didn't register it until that day. And they're like, um, basically, your pregnancy is not in the right place. And I was like, oh, okay, so what does that mean? I was thinking, okay, um, is there going to be a surgery? Are you going to move it back? That's literally sort of what I was thinking in my head. I was like, okay, so it's not in the right place, which means that maybe you can do something to put it in the right place. And so um, they were like, unfortunately, um, it's just not going to be possible to continue with it. It's going to have to be removed. I said, oh, like, I think it was a mixture of shock and sort of like, I don't know. I just, I just didn't, I didn't really know how I felt at that time, but it, it just didn't feel very nice. And um, they were like, it's actually a very serious condition. And, you know, if we don't move fast, you could potentially, um, it could be life-threatening. So all of this information was just being thrown at me, just there on the spot. And I was just like, from two days ago, I didn't even know that I was pregnant till now. You're telling me that, yes, I am pregnant, but the pregnant's in the wrong place and you have to remove it. It was a lot of information. And I was just like, wow. And they were like, we need to sign these forms because we're going to have to take you into surgery to remove the pregnancy. And I was like, wow. And they were like, and because of your hormone level, the, um, the chances are that we will probably need to remove your fallopian tube. I was, I think I was just like, just confused to be fair they were like we're gonna give you a few minutes just to talk to your husband and you know just just give you some time literally I just burst into tears I was just a mess <laughs> I was like I don't understand what's going on why all the questions he couldn't really answer them either because it was also new to him like he he probably didn't understand it either and so we were kind of going through it at the same time and then I just, yeah, I was just not in a, a good way. And so we called my mum. Um, I'm very close to my mum. So um called her and literally she came down. You know, you know, sometimes you just want your mum. And literally I just wanted her to be there. And just to, just even if she couldn't do anything, she just, just can sometimes soften the blow a little bit. Not that anything could, but just her presence being there was a comfort if there is one, if you can say so. And so, um, yeah, so she came, tried to talk to the doctors. They were like, there's nothing they can do. And they were like, oh, she's, she's too um, advanced for her to have methotrexate. So then I started ask, calling my doctor friend. They were like, why can't they give her methotrexate? So then I asked all the questions. They're like, no, methotrexate won't work at this level. So um, we need to operate. So I got prepped, ready to go for um, surgery. And um, yeah, and it just took a while basically. And I just thought, wow, this is serious. So all I know is um, they obviously, you go into, you have an anesthetic, so you're, you're not awake throughout the whole thing. And I woke up and they were like, yeah, they, they had to um, remove my tube. And I was like, wow. And 
you know, obviously my family were there and everybody was just trying to be as supportive as they could. I was just trying to put things into perspective and just trying to understand what was going on because for me, it felt like a roller coaster. One minute you're up and then the next minute it's like a ton of bricks hit you. And I was just like, I've been married, what? Eight, almost eight weeks and I've lost my fallopian tube. Wow, that completely my chances of becoming a mother, all the dreams and the thoughts that I had in my head were kind of like, I just felt, wow, like, gosh, already, like my chances are already almost in my head halved straight away, you know? And I was just, just really not in a good place. Like, and I wasn't for a while, you know, I tried to get out of the funk, especially because you have to heal from an ectopic. They cut you open in like two places. You've got stitches. It's, it's really uncomfortable and it's not nice, um, the healing process. But alongside the physical, the mental is double. And that's what I was having to deal with. So, you know, life kind of got back to normal. I say that with inverted commas. And yeah, we just carried on as we, you know, as we could tried you know prayed just left it in God's hands and said you know what the next time it will be fine surely nothing that's just bad but the next time will be fine next time happens less than six months late June, June so about it was November basically after my birthday I think we might have had a bit too much fun around my birthday time and then on the 1st of November um I'm pregnant again and I was um, I was told by um, the specialist that anytime I'm pregnant, because I'm now considered high risk um, to for a repeat episode, I was like, nope, not in, nope, not me. That's not going to happen. They were like, yeah. So I went straight to EPU. Didn't even see the GP. Went straight to EPU. They um, took me straight in to do the scan. And um, this time, I was even I even said to my husband, oh, do you know what? go to work, it's fine, I'll go and it'll be fine, it's still really early, nothing's going to happen, got to the room, scanned me, in fact, it I think it was even the same nurse that scanned me the first time and I was just praying, I remember saying our father throughout the whole scan, literally, and then once again, deathly silence, the silence was, all I kept saying is, what's wrong, like, what's, what's going on, they're like, nothing then they didn't say a word again they bring in a specialist I was like wow okay so we're here again and then they were like I'm really sorry I said four and they were like it looks like you're having another ectopic pregnancy I said I literally just rolled into a ball and was crying I called my husband and um Luckily, he wasn't too far, but then I was like, gosh, you got here quick. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, they spoke to us both. And then um, they said, this time it's even more serious because we don't even know where it is. There's a there's like a litre of blood in your stomach and it looks like it potentially could have erupted, ruptured. And that's when it becomes life-threatening. You need to go into hospital. You need to go into surgery now. But once again, called my mum. She was like, no, let's go and get a second opinion. So we moved to another hospital. And I thank God that we did because literally what they were like saying is, yeah, we're probably going to have to remove the other tube to, to know what's what's going on. And yeah, that was literally what they were telling me. And I was like, wow, no, 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 no. So we went to the other hospital. I had a friend there who was in the gynecology department and she got things moving so I could be seen quite quickly. Um, and so source um yeah so they prepped me said yes there's definitely it's ruptured we can't see where your ectopic is the chances are potentially we may have to and I remember saying to the doctor I said I've been married less than a year six months in fact and you want to almost take away every chance that I could possibly have to become a mum I'm not really happy. I don't want to do this. I don't want that to happen. Is there any other way? And I will never forget the words of the doctor. He literally turned around and said to me, what's the point of us trying to save your tube if we can't even save you? You know, Whoa. you may not make it. Yeah, 
I, I will never forget that doctor's face. I will never forget him. I said, wow. I said, okay, so what are the chances that it's not in that other tube? It's not in the, the, the tube that's remaining with him. Well, it's common sense. If one tube's already gone and yeah, he was like, he was like, it's if it's not in the if one tube's already been removed, then it must be in the other one. I said, but what are the chances? And I don't, and I don't even know what gripped me at that time. I said, yeah, but what are the chances that it's on the same side? And he was like, let me tell you, that would be a miracle, one in a million chance that would be. I was like, in my heart, I said, God, please let me be that miracle. I, I, I just, I just had, to, I said it, went into surgery, and I said, before I go in. I want to speak to the, um, I spoke to the anaesthetist. She was lovely, the most loveliest woman ever. She was like, don't worry, we're going to look after you, Abby. We're going to look after you. And I said, but I haven't had any children yet. I've only been married a little while. And she, I was like, can I speak to the surgeon that's going to have do my surgery? And she was like, oh, okay, I'll let you speak to the, to the surgeon. And I spoke to him as an older man. And I said, same thing. I've never, I haven't had any children yet, sir. So please treat me as you would your own daughter. And he put his arm on me and he said, don't worry. It's, it's, it's going to be okay. Okay. So, and that was the last thing I remember from um, them being put to sleep again. And then um, I wake up, I come round, and the first face I see is the anaesthetist. And all she, she said, we didn't touch your other tube. Wow. It was, it was on the, it was on the same side literally I was in tears like my husband was just there it was just a very emotional moment because at that point all I was thinking is wow I won't be able to conceive naturally what a blow to your first year of marriage like you know and yeah so that was I was just grateful obviously even through the being grateful because it's hard to be grateful when you're actually in pain and you're at, you've actually lost something. Because if you think about it, I'd lost two pregnancies. Those are two potential children that could have been. So in the midst of being grateful, I'm also sad because of what's happening. They bring a priest to come and talk to me and all sorts. Because it was just, it was a lot. And um, I just needed to understand why God was allowing those things to happen to me. I was like, what did I do? Like, why, why, why me, Lord? And um, then the doctor came, the same doctor that told me one in a million chance. And he mm. said, your prayers must have really worked because I don't know, even I'm, even I'm shocked to me. Well, God good is good. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you to be shocked. <laughs> this is me. Good. Good. God is good. And yeah. that's, that, that was it. And so, um, yeah, went back home, carried on, but I was obviously under a specialist. And then um, 2016, nothing I just I think also I was traumatized as well I was traumatized at the thought of getting pregnant and then this happening again because I was like maybe I won't be so lucky this time so I was always in a battle you know constantly thinking yes I really want to get pregnant but then also I really don't because I'm scared and I didn't know how to channel my thoughts and my and my feelings and so for that 2016 nothing um, 2017, I get pregnant again. And um, this time, no excitement, didn't tell anybody, just told my husband and, um, you know, went for the scan, it seemed okay. Then I started bleeding, went back to EPU and they were like, it looks like you are miscarrying. And it sounds so crazy now, but I was so happy that it was a miscarriage. I don't know if that made sense, that if there was any way I was gonna lose it, I was happy that it was that and not the ectopic, if that makes sense. And when I say it, it just is like, how can you be happy? Well, I wasn't happy, but I was a lot, I, I, I felt like, oh, thank God, it's not, there's still a chance, my tubes are still intact, I can still do this. You know, God, God you can still do this for us. And so um, left it. And then in, um, 2018 um I got referred to a um miscarriage a miscarriage yeah a miscarriage specialist um recommended to me by my patient actually so I was at work and I was talking to one of my patients and we got talking she was like she's had 15 miscarriages I was like wow 
And then she said to me that um, she got referred and she got to see a, a private doctor. And I said, can I have his details, please? So she gave me his details, booked with him, got to see him. Um, and then um, he was um, doing running tests on me because apparently there's all sorts of things that people don't think about, like sticky blood, all sorts of things that could potentially be the reason why you're losing. And so I wanted to find out what was potentially the issue for myself. And um, yeah, so saw him, but then during that period of me seeing him and getting the results and everything, I felt pregnant and so which was great and then I saw the consultant so alongside seeing the consultant I was also this is a lot of hospital appointments basically so it sounds like I was in the hospital a lot so they scanned me and they were like yes you definitely are pregnant but we're gonna hold it with a pinch of salt because we can see blood in your uterus around where the you know where the embryo is and the first thing that came to my mind was no 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 we're not going through this again lord no way the blood that you're seeing in my womb is the blood of jesus that's protecting my baby no and i literally don't even know where that came from i just said it there and then don't know if i said it out loud but i said it i remember saying it was very clear to me on that hospital bed where they were scanning me when she said it, I rejected it immediately. I said, no, that's not my portion. It's not gonna happen. And so um, basically every milestone in terms of like the pregnancy, so I got scanned, I'd probably say almost once a month throughout my whole pregnancy, if not some months, twice a month, you know? And because I also have fibroids, so they were very you know, concerned about where the fibroids were and how that would affect um, the pregnancy so every milestone I was meeting them and, and I was so excited and I was so happy I, I was I prayed so much during that time my mum prayed I also didn't really talk about it because I was scared I didn't really want to broadcast it to anybody it was when I got to about to almost yeah I'll say about 12 weeks that I even told my um my family like my sisters and it was almost 12 weeks I would say and then once I reached that 12 week point, it was like, oh, I could breathe a bit because it was so much, it was a lot of fear from the doctors. It was just a lot of fear within myself, you know, and just doubting if I was able to, to do this, but God is faithful. And in 2019, I gave birth to my awesome, awesome little boy. And yeah, he's just a bundle of joy and he just represents so much goodness and God's faithfulness you know his name is Josiah Samuel wow. and Josiah means God heals and it was the most fitting name because at some point I just felt you know broken I felt like there was a lot wrong with me but when Josiah came I felt like wow and then Samuel means God hears so his name is Josiah Samuel and he is literally a testament of God's grace because everything about my journey, everything about even his delivery, like if I tell you my pregnancy was nice, I didn't have morning sickness. It was just nice. It was, I didn't feel too, obviously you feel a bit uncomfortable, normal, all those things, but it was a beautiful journey. And my birth, even the midwife at the end of it, she, like, he came out in three pushes. That's what literally Josiah came out into this world earlier than expected by like two weeks. But he literally came out after three pushes. And then um, they, um, what happened then? The, the midwife, the lead midwife said to me, wow, gosh, I don't think she'd actually read my notes, to be honest, because for her, she turned around and said to me, you know, wow, the way you gave birth, it's women like you that should have babies, wow. And I was like, you don't even know what that mm -hmm. means. Like, you do not know what your words actually mean because those are words I thought, like, I would never hear, like, or that it would, it's so far removed from me at some points during my journey. So, yeah, so we, I'm just extremely grateful that he's here. And, yeah, and I'm just here to just encourage everybody and say that, if God can do it for me, he can do it for anyone. If there's nothing, there's nothing different about me, 
my journey was 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 tough but God saw me through and he, he can definitely definitely see us all through you know and yeah I hope yeah. that wasn't too long <laughs> no it was amazing what a wonderful testimony wow so thank you for your son I'm so sorry for your losses thank that you. was just that was I can't even imagine uh, how that must have felt all those times what kept you going what kept me going I would honestly say was worship mm. worship 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 and even during the times when I was in hospital after having the ectopic the second time I remember being on the hospital bed and I said to God if you bless me with my own child to hold even mm. after all this I will testify in front of everyone I will lie before you as David did literally lie prostrate and give you praise and I got to do that on Josiah's first birthday so literally I had I thought you know what God kept his side I have to keep mine as much as I'm like oh god no I can't be beautiful to be able to do it so for me worship music word songs that can just lift me up when I felt like there was nothing else like sometimes I didn't have words to pray I was, I was tired of praying sometimes and worship music was able to say the things that my heart and my mouth weren't able to to put together hmm. in parts of your journey especially um you know in the first year with so much going on um I know you're a Christian, and of course you noted how faith kept you going. Was there a part of you that wondered, is there something spiritual going on? So I say that because I know that you're of Nigerian descent. So, <laughs> and in Nigeria, um, as much as you know, everyone is usually you know Christian or Muslim or traditional, but because our background is still based on certain beliefs. So was there a part of you that worried that? Definitely, definitely. And, and, and yeah, even, yeah, I, I definitely think so. Because I was like, but why, why me? You know, mm. um, yeah, I, I, I definitely did have that in my head as well. But I, I didn't dwell on it because mm -hmm. I just thought, it could be, it couldn't be, but is there anything, I'm believing that God will help me do, to, to get me out of this. So yeah. whether it's spiritual, physical, whatever it is, I need God to do a miracle, whatever it is that is stopping my journey. Mm. I just need God's hand, no matter what it is. And I've had to believe that God's hand could do it, whether it was spiritual or physical, because both of them needed a miracle. So yeah. That's how, yeah, and yeah, I well think said. definitely my mum did. <laughs> very much <laughs> like, sure. you know, anointing oil, you've got to pray, you've got to do this, you don't know, don't be putting your pictures up on Facebook and Instagram, all those things. <laughs> that sounds like my mum, like, <laughs> yeah. Yes, that, that's her, bless her little heart, but um, those were the things that she was saying for sure. Mm. <laughs> And of course, you know, you actually making a video, YouTube video, which I watched last week, uh, you know, talking about your journey. That's not something that would usually, or that is the norm. And again, in Nigerian societies or culture, because, you know, people say, keep your business private. So what gave you the courage to do that? And how did you feel afterwards? Um. I was scared because I was like, wow, my business is going to be out there. People, some people didn't even know I'd lost. Some mm -hmm. of my friends didn't know that I'd been through the journey I'd been on. I had friends calling me crying on the phone. We're like, Abby, how did you get on? Like, you know, it was, how did you keep that to yourself? Are you okay? Have you, you know, done counseling? Have you done X, Y, and Z? And I was like, you know, sometimes when you're in a place like that, I didn't want pity. I just mm. wanted to get on with it. Nobody was going to be able to help me apart from they'll say sorry. Yeah. And 
the people that needed to say sorry, they've said sorry. I don't need to keep hearing it. And I didn't keep needing reminders of where I was at. So the video for me wasn't for me. It, in fact, if it was for me, I would have taken it down till today, every time I think <laughs> about it. But it was for the person who was like me and in my position who felt there's no hope or didn't see anybody else visible that had been down her journey. I had nothing really to sort of like look at and think, okay, so she's gone through this. I can, yeah, so there is hope for me, you know? So I found the Ectopic Pregnancy Trust on Facebook, came across, because yeah. I kept Googling support groups and things, you know, places where I could find some encouragement of people that understood my journey. I didn't just want, you know, support in basic support. I needed people, I needed it to be specific. So I was looking, they were like, yeah, I've had an ectopic. And yes, I've had my rainbow baby. And I was like, fantastic. But I need someone who's had two. I don't need someone who's had one because yeah, one, you know, people bounce back two I need two and then when I had the miscarriage now I need two and a miscarriage <laughs> I need I need that <laughs> so um literally I was searching and you know I did definitely found encouragement in that so it's to say that even as a Christian where I found my encouragement yes was through my worship music but I also found it through the ectopic pregnancy trust as well because there were women who'd been through what I'd been through and they wouldn't most of them were white to be fair so I didn't really see many black people and I thought you know what this can't only happen to white people so it's got to happen to black people I want to be a face to let people know that you know what it's okay you know we go through this you know and we can get out of it as well and I wanted my sisters to feel like do you know what (laughs) Yes, I feel encouraged. I feel like I can fight another day. I can do this. Come what may, you know, if, if God did it for her, he can do it for me too. And and that's all it was. That That's literally, it wasn't for any anything other than to encourage. And the messages that I've got from it, it just made me think, wow, it was really needed. So I'm, I'm really grateful to have yeah. been able to do it. Yes, thank you so much for, for doing that and for saying the fact that, you know, people need to see, people that look like them, you know, having yeah. the stories, the representation really matters. Definitely. So it's wonderful that you did that video because so many other black women will see that and say, okay, she went through that and now she's here and I can do this too, right? So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. But you also, I mean, as you rightfully said, um, we don't find a lot of people talking about it, uh, about infertility or infertility struggles or, um, pregnancy losses or ectopics. Why do you think that's the case? I think people feel some level of shame. I think there's a shame factor because people assume that once you get married, what's next? A baby should come now, you know? And, and I wouldn't even say it's just totally a cultural thing. I just think it is a social and a life thing because I had people that were not Nigerian not you know older say things like oh what are you waiting for oh you lot still doing honeymoon things like that I had a friend who even was like saying stuff to me like don't you and your husband like get it on and stuff I was like uh I just didn't really know how to answer so I was just like hmm yeah I just didn't it's just it it can be quite a lonely journey especially when you don't really feel like you have a lot of people who will understand the journey you know and they'll offer you know advice like oh why don't you just do that why don't you just do that I've thought about those things probably a million times more than you even thought about them in the sentence you're thinking about it so you know it's 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 just I just think it needs to be changed I think um People need to be more open about it. I love that Meghan Markle spoke about it. For me, that was awesome. I I felt just, it was just almost like, yes, someone understands that it needs to be spoken about. As painful as it is, people also need to feel like it happens to everyone. I'm not alone. When you hear the statistics from the GP or like the doctor, they're like one in 90 have an ectopic. I was like, so how is it that I've never heard of anybody that has had an ectopic? Why? You know, come on. Like, I know more than 90 people. 
kind of thing. Exactly. And it's, <laughs> it's, you know, some, and then you start hearing more and more people come up. And I just think we need to have a world where people don't have to feel alone or feel shame that their journey may be taking a little bit longer than the next person's journey. And, you know, I just think the bigger the test, the bigger the testimony. So, Amen. you know, so yeah, that, that's probably why I think people, it's not spoken about a lot. Yeah. I think there's a lot of shame culture in it. And I think a lot of the shame is the shame we put on ourselves because we feel like we should be able to do this. Like, why are we not able to? What, so I used to think to myself, what's wrong with me? Like, why am I not like normal like why can't I carry a baby to term what is it about me that is it that I'm not going to be a good mom what all the horrible things that used to go through my mind like and it just used to so I used to just write I used to have to write because I had so many emotions and I just literally I have like in my notes on my phone or like in a book I would sit there I remember going away to Mauritius with my husband and literally I was on the balcony early in the morning and I just wrote and I just wrote my heart to God and I was just like God I don't understand I I just don't understand but you do so I've got to trust you and yeah through the tears and everything because it it isn't a thing you you ever get over I, I personally don't think um you just learn to live with it I think you just yeah, yeah in, in the best way that you can and find ways to make you happy which is something I think is really important not to just dwell on it because I had to keep trying to make myself happy because otherwise you'll just find yourself in a situation where you're just always sad and that's not helping anybody you know mm-hmm. that's yeah and even when, you know, you mentioned that, you know, there's a lot of shame and um, words we say to ourselves, many of which we won't even tell to have best friends, right? You see your friend, you'll never say things like that to them, yet we say to ourselves. And even when Meghan Markle spoke about it, there was still, yeah, there was some support, lots of it. But then there were some people that still thought, oh, why are you talking about it in public? You're looking for PT. Yeah. And it's so weird that even now, even across the Western <laughs> society, people are still saying that. So a lot of things need to change. Completely. Absolutely. I don't know what pity anyone is really begging for in that that particular time, because, you know, the pity that you're going to give them is not going to bring the baby anyway. So what is it that the person is really benefiting from the pity? It's more maybe also a cry for help, a cry for, do you know what? I need you to go easy on me. I need you to understand that you know my journey hasn't been easy so when someone is telling you what they've been through maybe it's also to kind of say do you know what pray with me hold me up when I can't carry on you know Mm. and those are the things that I think are really important when it comes to encouraging and being there for somebody it's not about oh trying to find solutions sometimes it's just about being there yeah well said (laughs) and Abby if you could go back longer back in time to uh I don't know 18 year old Abby what would you tell her I would tell her that God is faithful I would tell her to get closer to God at an earlier age I would tell her that whatever she is looking for that she will get it in due time and there's no need to rush certain things, certain processes, and just to believe that she is good enough, that she is whole, and that she is, you know, she's thought of highly. And I think sometimes you can sometimes not have the highest self-esteem sometimes. And as when you're growing up, especially in your early 20s, you don't really know yourself very well. But I would say to 18-year-old Abby that God loves you. He's got you no matter what so you have nothing to prove to anybody and yeah that's what I would say love that Mm. well said and in terms of I mean the fertility journey and um, your whole experience well do you say that it impacted your relationship with your husband and if it did Um, in what way I would say yes and no I would say Yes, in the sense that I was always in a mental battle with, do I want to, do I not? 
I was, I'd had days when I was upset and down and he would also need to just kind of, he would be there to kind of help pick me up. But then sometimes the things that they would say is like, oh, please, I don't really want to hear that. I just, I want a solution. And they get to see you at the point where you are at your worst, you know, because you can't hide from the person that's in your house. But um, I think that if I'm honest, during the journey, I think he had the bigger faith. I think that as much as I can be like, oh, church on Sunday, let's pray, let's do this, da, da, da. His faith is unmatched because he always believed and always said, God's going to do it. He will do it. He will do it at the time that he wants to do it, but he's going to do it, you know? And I was thinking, how does this man have so much faith? Yet I'm the one that's reading the Bible, going to this ministry, going to that prayer, but his faith was unmatched. And I think that was really helpful in, in that situation, you know? And yeah, I, I think that really, really did help me on, on my journey as well, because he, he never gave up hope that it would happen. Yeah. So it was more like me who would be like, mm, maybe I'm not meant to be, da, da, da. but yeah. So I, yeah, I think for me, that would be the answer I would give in regards to that. And that's great that he was that way because then it helps you on certain on days that you're not feeling so uh, encouraged or so hopeful then his faith can help carry you both. Yeah, because sometimes I think we can forget that it's not just you that's going through it mm-hmm. because when it happens, especially when it's a an issue of loss, you're the one that's kind of pregnant, you're the one, but you both were and you both lost something and we can sometimes forget that they too could potentially be just as hurt as us Maybe they don't carry it physically, but in their hearts, they've probably already started planning. Okay, so I'm going to be a dad in July. You know, mm-hmm. all the things that, you know, that you, you do when you find out that you you are. So I think that we also have to be mindful of, of their feelings as well. Yeah, definitely. What about yourself? Did the journey change you in any way? Definitely. It's definitely given me a greater sense of faith, a a huge shift in my faith in God. And the fact that, yeah, for me, it's, it's about how my faith has definitely increased and I just honestly don't believe there's anything that's too difficult now. I, I really don't. You know, I think hearing certain things like, oh, you might lose your life. Oh, you know, it's going to be impossible for us to save your last tube. And then God turns them around to let you know that it's him. Like everything about my journey, it was God's hand was in it. Like if I could see the hand physically, I didn't need to because I saw it in every area. It was, you know, during the period my father passed away. and it was a huge 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 blow and it was sudden and like two days prior to him passing away I said because he lived in Nigeria Mm. and I said I had a something in my heart I wouldn't I wasn't able to sleep I wasn't kept saying you need to tell your dad that you're pregnant tell him like he needs to know and I was like well I'll just tell him later on this this, is not a big deal I want to surprise him and then um I said, Daddy, I've got a secret for you, but I don't want you to tell anybody. Because at this point, not a lot of people did know. So I said, Daddy. And he said, yeah, I won't tell anybody. And he, <laughs> said, um, he said, I won't tell. And he was in the hospital at the time. And he said, I won't tell. And I said, Daddy, I'm going to have a baby. And he was like, praise God. Because that was one of his biggest prayers and worries and for his children. And so hearing him just feel like a sense of relief was like wow it was like god is good and then literally two days that was was that the last yeah that was the last time i spoke to him and then the the next day we didn't speak we i think we spoke by messenger and then the following day he passed away so it was it was a lot and then nobody wanted me to travel because i'd literally just come out of my first trimester and everybody was like no you can't go there's no way Mm -mm. 
you, you'd have to stay. I was adamant. I said, no, I'm going. And I went and praise oh, God. Yeah. Everything went well. Everyone was like, oh, you are, you're just playing with fire, all sorts of things. People were like, no, don't go. I was like, I have to, I can't, I, I need to say goodbye properly. See him and say goodbye. And I'm so glad that I did. It was a very peaceful and beautiful moment for me. And, and I needed, I needed that. And I'm glad I did. I went and I came back in peace. Yeah. Nothing, no harm, not even one mosquito bite. So God is good. God, yes. is, God is awesome. And he stood to hold the glory. So he, he protected you going and coming. Completely. Yeah. Completely. Yeah, completely. That's wonderful. Is there any one word or quote that you'd like to share? Something that helped you? So Delay far? doesn't mean denial. That's my oh. favorite, favorite, Love favorite line. Mm. delay does not mean denial and just hold on to that like I heard it when I was a teen a young teen and I've, it's never left me but during that period it definitely was one of the things the the phrases that kept coming to mind and you know yeah that and in he makes everything beautiful in his time and he did he did and he will for everybody so yeah. those are my those are my phrases very nice phrases i love them and if there's anyone out there listening and wants to connect with you how can they reach you i'm on instagram um and i'm called i am that mum on instagram and uh-huh. if you leave me a message on youtube if you want to as well you'll find the link in my bio mm-hmm. on them anyway um but yeah and i'm just if you have any questions whatever it is that you want to find out I'm very happy to sort of talk you through certain things if you didn't understand it and you just want a bit of clarity or, you know, just, just someone to just talk to and, and vent because yeah, yeah I, I know how it can be. I know how it feels. And yeah, I think sometimes just a positive word and a word of, and just someone just who gets it yeah, really goes a long way. It does. It's so important. Yeah, definitely. What about your lifestyle? You said Omomi earlier. Yeah. Um, what is, is there an account for that as well? Instagram? Ah, uh, yes. Omomi, yes, there is a separate account for Omomi. Omomi is, um, was bought, birthed literally from, I made a little baby grow for um, a friend of mine at ah. her baby shower and it had the map of Africa on it and literally Everyone was like, where did you buy that from? Where did you get this from? It's like, no, no, it's, I did that. I created it. It's, it's my thing. They're like, you need to do this. And I was like, and it was, it was baby stuff. And um, they were like, you need to do this and sell it. And literally from then on, Omami's just grown since then. And um, the name was almost like me speaking into existence what I wanted and that's why it's called Omomi. So, oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's us. That's what we do. So it was even, it came full circle when my little boy wears Omomi now. So it's like, yeah, <laughs> you're, you're awesome. You're awesome. That's cute. Wonderful. So we'll put your details for that as well. So people want to reach out or get some of that. Thank you. And as a wrap-up, Abby, um, if there's anyone out there listening that is currently still on the journey trying to become a mom, do you have any words of encouragement for them? Don't give up. Don't, like, if that's your dream and your hope, just keep holding on. And it doesn't matter how you get there. Just believe that if that's your heart's desire, that God is able. And if you, you know, not, you're not a religious person, just believe that what it is that you want will come to pass. I think just don't give up, don't give up on yourself and don't give up on your dream. If God's placed that desire in your heart, I think that there's nothing that should stop you from attaining it. Even when you meet hurdles, I think sometimes hurdles can kind of cause us to, to fall back 
mm-hmm. think we just need to keep pressing on, keep pressing on. Don't listen to what the doctors say all the time. I think even when doctors say certain things, just reject it straight away. If you know that's not what you want, reject it, you know, and just pray for a turnaround in your situation you know if, if god heals so many different people why are you any different he he would he can do it for you too you know so just keep believing and find places and ways to keep you happy and positive you know and, and that would be my words of encouragement to you thank you for sharing abby <laughs> you're thank welcome you. thank you for sharing your wonderful testimony with us it's been really encouraging to myself and I'm sure to all the listeners as well. Um, your story is really inspiring. Again, just a reminder that God is still God and is always on time yeah. and his words would never go back to him void. So thank you so much for sharing. We need thank more. You. Yes, we need more of your stories to encourage us and keep everyone believing and trusting even when things don't seem to uh, you know, be going according to your plans or according to your timeline. Yeah. Remember that God is still God. Definitely. Thank you yeah. so much for listening. And yeah, yeah, I'm glad and I hope that it will encourage someone to just keep going, keep okay. going. I could have turned around and said, you know, this isn't for me anymore. I can't do this anymore. But God is bigger than me. God is bigger than my fear. God is bigger than all the doubts that I had. Yeah. And just had to, to believe and trust. And yeah, we, we thank God for where he's, he's brought me to. Yes. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure having you on here, Abby. Thank you. Thank you. Look forward to having you again in the near future. Definitely. Definitely. Any ways that I can be of an encouragement or help, please, please, please. I, I would love to be a part of that to help out. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on the Fertility Conversations podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at Fertility Conversations. If there are any topics you would like to have discussed, please send an email to fertilityconversations at gmail.com. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. Thank you again for listening. Take care of yourself and do stay hopeful.